Let's look ahead to 2021 with Lizanne Saunders, Senior Vice President and Chief Investment Strategist at Charles Schwab & Co. Lizanne, great to have you back on the show. Let's talk about the big picture here first. What are the main catalysts working for stocks? What are the potential risks for stocks? Well, I think a main catalyst is obviously the market's desire to look through the chasm being created by the virus right now to the light at the end of the tunnel representing the vaccine. And, you know, we've had mixed economic data, so you, you, you can't point to the kind of disastrous impact on the economy back uh, that we saw in the spring in terms of the virus impact. But it's, it's pretty rough nonetheless. It probably gets worse from here before it gets better. But there's still a lot of momentum in the market. That said, on a day like today, you see again a move toward the small caps. Um, energy has been the big momentum name. So some of these uh, shorter term traders that have really been driving those momentum surges find momentum wherever it happens to be. And now it just happens to be in some of the more cyclical areas like industrials and energy. And that is obviously more to the benefit of the small cap indices because of the, the bias in those indexes to uh, names like the energy stocks versus say in the growth indexes. We've been looking at some of these companies pick up a lot of steam. I know this is more of a short-term point, but just uh, since you bring up the momentum now that's built there, I mean, I'm looking at a company like Nordstrom that went from 12 bucks to 30 almost overnight. Uh, given that we're still dealing with some of these shorter-term COVID problems, as we just heard from our previous guests, some of those potholes that could arise as we look for distribution. Should investors be careful in these names too, or is this just kind of a longer term, hey, we know that eventually brick and mortar is going to reopen, just uh, be aware of maybe short-term volatility? Well, I, I don't cover any individual stocks, but sure. I think the latest rotation has been more about all right, we've, we've kind of played areas that haven't worked. We've gone into more traditionally cyclical areas. Now let's start to cull through and try to sort of bottom fish and pick off some of the really beleaguered areas, sort of the L-shaped, uh, the, the types of industries that really continue to face existential threats to their survivor. And I think that's just where the momentum has shifted. I think in general, yes, you should be careful and we've had this view, even though quality hasn't been a factor that has rewarded you in the last kind of month of trading activity, I think that's just the nature of the momentum beast right now. But as we look ahead to 2021 and having a time horizon, maybe more than a week or two, I think investors do have to have that quality filter. I think it's an environment where if you're a stock picker, you almost take a hybrid approach. Um, I, I don't believe you will make money in truly deep value where you don't have any of those growth fundamentals. I also think just growth at any price without regard for valuation doesn't make a lot of sense either. So sort of the mm. tails, I don't think will do well. I think you wanna be in kind of a hybrid approach where you look for those growth fundamentals, mm. but with a valuation filter and then make sure you apply the kind of quality filter as well, especially around things like the balance sheet. Really like that point uh, here in some of our conversations, we've called them the on the fence stocks, the ones that do well in kind of both scenarios, quarantine, reopen. We've seen some of these chip makers be really, really steady with good balance sheets, stuff like that. Uh, uh, Lizanne, one thing here that I think is interesting is if you look at some of the higher frequency economic data from your report, you bring up the New York Federal Reserve's weekly economic index, a shorter term gauge of some of these leading indicators. And we're in the V shape, but we're still well below where we were pre-COVID. Of course, we know the market has already made an entire V, so it seems like that's kind of the mismatch here that we're talking about that has been, I guess, attributed to valuations. Is that gonna be an issue? 
Well, and, and I lost the feed there for a second, so I missed. I apologize if my oh, answer is yeah. We're looking at the weekly economic index question. Yeah. So here's an example where so that we know the market has had a full V-shaped uh, rebound back to prior levels, but of course until early September that drive to all-time highs was solely because of the concentration in those big five names and the fact that it represented its own quartile in terms of S&P 500. And that is somewhat reflective of what was going on in the economy. When you actually look at the economic data, there aren't a lot of true V-shape. And by V-shape, I mean all the way back to pre-pandemic levels. You can see it in a few metrics like retail sales. But the WEI here created by the New York Fed just back in March, and they kind of backdated it to the financial crisis era, is a V in nature, but we're still only about two thirds of the way back to prior levels. And you can see a similar pattern in things like payrolls and GDP. And that's why I've been pointing out that rate of change still matters. Better mm -hmm. or worse still matters when it comes to connecting economic data to the stock market. But in these unique times, we also have to be mindful of the level of the data because of how much clawback there still is with many economic metrics, notwithstanding true rebound, rebounds and things like retail sales. What is your sense right now, Lizanne, about how the expectations for the economy connect with earnings and whether it's going to be enough? Uh, right now, as you mentioned, there's so much momentum trading going on that there's been no real downside that's manifested since September. Um, but I wonder how much has been about really the upside moving higher for next year. I mean, are, are investors looking at earnings growth and looking at GDP and going, okay, this makes sense. This, well, my company's going to grow into this should, valuation? They should look at, at earnings growth. And I'm not sure based on consensus, earnings will be sufficiently strong next year to grow into what are stretch valuations. But you and I have talked before, valuation we think of as this fundamental indicator, given that it's got quantifiable components to it, regardless of which metric you're losing, using. But the reality is valuation is a sentiment indicator and it gets stretched when sentiment gets stretched and vice versa. We know this year, the multiple we've had nothing but multiple expansion. It hasn't been at all a function of earnings. Next year, we'll have more earnings. And by the second quarter, the comps get super easy because we're comparing against second quarter uh, this year. And we've got other forces that are to the benefit of earnings, not least being the weaker dollar. But I do think that we have the possibility of a bit of disappointment if earnings aren't up to, to muster and not sufficient enough to start to do their work to bring down valuation levels, especially given that part of the reason why valuation is stretched is, of course, because sentiment is stretched. and. You know, in the last month, we saw speculative fervor really just leave just the newly minted day traders in the options market and become much more pervasive across sentiment indicators. And in and of itself, I think that that's a risk for the market, especially if there is some sort of negative catalyst. Mm. And earnings disappointment could be, it could also be a positive catalyst, but I think that's something we have to think about as we head into what math suggests will be a better earnings season, at least by the second quarter. It sounds like you, you might think that we need a little bit more from the earnings side, that we need to get some upside surprises uh, from where we're currently uh, measuring expectations to kind of justify some of this uh, market move. Well, we've had plenty of upside surprises even this year, but that was largely because absent a lot of guidance from companies where you had a record number of companies withdraw guidance to analysts. And when analysts were left to their own devices, they erred on the side of slashing estimates, which is why Q2 and Q3 had record beat rates. The year-over-year -year numbers were not good, but the beat rates were good. 
at some point we're going to actually need to see it in dollar-based earnings to help start to bring down valuation levels. Just a continued beat rate may just simply be reflective of analysts keeping the the bar low. And, mm. and we can rely on things like low interest rates as the discount uh, metric being used. But at some point, we're going to need that, that stronger stream of earnings in an absolute sense, not just a relative sense, because it's the absolute that brings the valuations down, mm -hmm. not the relative. Lizanne, one more before we let you go here. I only got about uh, 60 seconds, but I really like this other chart of foreigners who are buying U.S. stocks. Uh, I think this is really interesting because there's just about every sentiment measure out there and uh, uh, participation measure that looks lofty, but this one I don't see a lot. And it looks like it's setting records that stretch back maybe as far as this thing is recorded. It is. It, it is setting records. Now, wow. the, the only caveat is we could point to 2000 and 2007 as sort of uh-oh points of prior uh, peaks in that net foreign purchases of U.S. equities as right around, you know, massive tops in the market. But then we had another one in 2010, and that was in the aftermath, obviously, of the financial crisis and as we were coming out of that bear market. So the hope, of course, is that this one is more akin to that peak than the 2000 or 2007 peaks, given where we are in the market cycle. But it is another way to measure sentiment, and they tend to be somewhat a contrarian indicator, as you can see here.